Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Redestine tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. My guy Lance Taylor at the official LT, uh, at the official Lance Taylor on Twitter, uh, starting a new morning show down in Birmingham, Alabama, 94.5 Jocks. What's it feel like? How early does it feel to you to be up as you get ready for your new morning show? You know, it's a different early, Clay. I typically get up early uh, compared to, I guess, most Americans out there. I'm kind of like a 5.15 a.m. Central guy, but the alarm went off at 3.50 this morning, so it's different. (laughs) But, you know, Uh, pathetically, I was in in bed at 8.30 last night. Yeah, well, join the club. Did you watch any of the uh, Oscars before you went to bed last night? I got to Best Foreign Film, so... (laughs) You're on on top of it. Yeah, I watched maybe the first hour, um, and I'm a huge Oscar guy. You know, I, I'm, I'm a huge movie guy. I love it, and uh, um, I think it's still the best uh, award in entertainment out there. So, I, you know, obviously I caught up. I got up in the middle of the night, um, probably midnight, just to check, and I did see the, the um, I guess, the biggest upset of the night was Shape of Water actually winning Best Picture. Have you seen, like, so I, I, because my kids are so young, like, it, I, the only movie, I don't even remember all the movies that were nominated for Best Picture, but I had seen more, and this has been like the last four or five years in a row, I've seen every year more of the animated films than I have the uh, the adult films, like Best Picture. Coco, I think, was the best movie I saw in 2017. Uh, I did see I, Tanya. I thought it was really good. I saw Dunkirk and really liked it. Um, but, uh, have you found yourself like not, I mean, how many of these movies had you actually seen? Uh, of the best films, I think five. That's not bad. You know, I'd seen, yeah, I'd seen Shape of Water. I'd seen Three Billboards, which I, I thought was the best film that I saw this year. I thought Lady Bird was actually better than Shape of Water, although I was in the minority of my friends that actually liked Shape of Water. Um, you know, I was in it with my girlfriend and she looked at me in the middle of this and she said, you know, what, what the hell are we doing here? Yeah. Um, I thought it, I thought it was good though. Um, Best picture, probably not. Uh, Get Out was fantastic. I mean, I don't know if you saw that, Clay, but no, I haven't seen Get Out. 
I know I need to see Get Out. I, I hardly get to go to the movies anymore, and I don't sit around and watch a lot of movies at home because if I'm at home, I'm either working or I'm with my family. So I need to see them in the theater in order to actually make it happen. And I used to go out and see every movie in the theater before we had kids. For the last decade, I haven't seen anything. It's just like whenever I get a chance to go out with my wife, we probably go out to dinner so we can do something where we talk as opposed to just sit and watch a movie. So uh, I've seen all the kids' movies. Like like I said, Coco, if you haven't seen Coco, I can tell you it was fantastic. Uh, but, no, I haven't even seen Get Out. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I guess with this new schedule, um, I've got a choice of day drinking or actually going to movies. Yeah. So um, I probably will see more. There's just not a lot of good stuff that's out there, to be honest with you. Well, I also I mean, think, are you with me, too, that Netflix and uh, and Amazon and everything that's on your DVR – it also steals away from your desire to go out to see uh, to see a movie. Like I was watching, I don't know, one of these like uh, you know kind of like uh, mediocre action movies. I don't even remember what it was. And I turned to my wife halfway through, and I was like, I'd rather be sitting at home watching Stranger Things, right? Like right. I mean, the, the the quality of television is just so much higher that I'd rather put on Netflix and literally just chill with her at home than I would go out to a movie theater. Right. I mean, I, I can get a bottle of wine. I can make a couple of bourbon drinks. I watch uh, something like Godless, um, which I think debuted on Netflix. It was an original seven-part series. Uh, one season, probably one and done, uh, but just so well done if you like westerns. And, you know, I was able to watch that in two days, but I would much rather watch three or four of those episodes and do absolutely nothing uh, than actually, you know, I mean, two tickets – a popcorn and a drink's $44. Yep. I mean, it is insane when you really start to think about the pricing. And then you throw a dinner on top of it, and I mean, you're dropping $150, $200 some nights. All right. We're talking to Lance Taylor at the official Lance Taylor on Twitter, 94.5 Jocks down in Birmingham. I started off the show saying if I were the Browns, if I were Jimmy Haslam, uh, I wouldn't be him because I'm smarter than him and he's an idiot. But if I were him and I were the owner of the Browns, I would say – Draft Saquon Barkley, number one overall. At number four, we still get a high-level first-round quarterback. But if we met, swing and miss on him, first of all, I don't trust our ability to scout and decide who the best quarterback's going to be. But second, I have zero doubt that Saquon Barkley is the lowest risk of any available player in the draft this year. I think he's going to be Ezekiel Elliott-like. I think he's going to be Leonard Fournette-like. As long as he stays healthy, which you really can't control, he is a plug-and-play guy for the next seven or eight years. I know he's going to be outstanding. Are you with me? Yeah, I am. I think he is the best player in the draft. And um, I know you're a huge James Franklin fan at Penn State, and I think we're going to see – well, I think a couple of things. I think we're going to see a drop-off. As good as Trace McSorley is, with no Barkley, he did so much for that offense, so much special teams. I mean, this is a guy – we forget what an impact he was in the return game, but I think the combination of him and Joe Moorhead, the offensive coordinator now at Mississippi State, I think those are going to be big losses for Penn State. But I do agree. Uh, he seems to be a can't-miss guy. He's a high-character guy, too. Um, you know, and when you're taking somebody number one overall to maybe be the face of the franchise, that is important. And I'm just not sure about these quarterbacks. I mean, my favorite quarterback that I think has got the most upside is Baker Mayfield. And you know you can get Mayfield at four. Yeah, I just don't think I'd touch Baker Mayfield at four if I were the Browns because if he – like, I understand the argument that he is not Johnny Manziel and that they're different guys. On the field, Baker Mayfield plays an awful lot like Johnny Manziel, and I just think because the Browns already took Johnny Manziel, I'm not sure I would take him. But if I were going to take him, you could certainly get him at four, and I think there's the possibility, unless somebody trades up, that you still get your number one overall guy. My argument is, to me – 
Josh Rosen is the most ready to play day one of the four guys that you would have in the mix, right? Josh Allen seems like the perfect guy that the Browns would take number one overall and would turn into a total bust, right? I just have that is what Josh Allen screams to me. Wyoming quarterback, big, strong, absolutely no, uh, you know, like real bona fides in terms of his college career, not accurate. He comes in, everybody says, of course the Browns took the Wyoming quarterback as their pick, and he sucks. Like, I wouldn't touch Josh Allen just because of the history of the Browns. Uh, Darnold, I, I, I go back and forth on Darnold. I've watched him play every major game in his career at USC, and I think it's hard to judge exactly what offense he was in at USC. I know you are, you watch a lot of SC games, too. But, but he just seems like – I actually like Rosen and Baker Mayfield both more than I do Josh Allen or Sam Darnold. And I guess by process of elimination, I might be willing to take Darnold at four. And I mean, sorry, might, might be willing to take Josh Rosen at my number four pick. And by the way, if you think Josh Rosen is your guy, then certainly take Saquon Barkley number one overall and maybe even trade out at four because I think there's a chance you could get Josh Rosen at ten. You know, I mean, I think the Browns could have a really good draft if they took Saquon Barkley at number one overall and then just were smart about the quarterback at four. Well, I think what's going to happen, though, is the Browns are going to be typical Browns, and I think they're going to continue to hear about the measurables from Josh Allen and how strong this arm is and his upside. And I think they're going to they're going to put themselves into that corner of taking a quarterback at one. I agree with you. Barkley should be the guy, and then you can get a quarterback at four or you can trade around and you can find your guy. Um, but I think that they're going to end up taking Josh Allen, especially when you see the workouts from this past week. We're talking to uh, Lance Taylor, 94.5 Jocks, down in Birmingham, Alabama. And LT, um, let's go into college basketball. Uh, it, it seems to me that what Bruce Pearl pulled off in year four with Auburn was totally out of the realm of possibility. If I had had you on when college basketball tipped off in mid-November, and I had said, hey, I think that Bruce Pearl is going to have Auburn right around a two or a three seed, and he's going to win the SEC, and he's going to tie it with Tennessee, who was picked 13th overall. Auburn was picked ninth overall by the media. How good of a coaching job by Bruce, by Bruce Pearl was this year? It's been incredible. I mean, when you – arguably your two best players are ruled ineligible before the season starts. Um, and as you mentioned, I mean, everybody said this team is going to be ninth or tenth in the SEC, and to win 25 regular season games and to win a share of the SEC regular season championship for the first time since 1999 in year four, you know, the first three years uh, were very average, not even close to the NCAA tournament, but this is a team that hasn't been to the NCAA tournament in 15 years, a program that hasn't been there. Um, and you start to look at the names, Mustafa Heron and Bryce Brown, Jared Harper. I mean, these are not household names. These were two and three stars coming out of high school um, that he went out and, you know, recruited against, you know, lower division teams. So it's been an incredible job. And, you know, I don't know the upside to this Auburn team. I know it's it's a really balanced team. They don't have any size. They don't have any depth. Uh, they play eight players. That's it. Um, but he's done a hell of a job. And he is one of the best coaches in college basketball. And just because, you know, Ohio State and Chris Holtman didn't stick the landing, and I thought uh, Chris Beard and Texas Tech probably played some of their worst basketball down the stretch. I think your coach of the year nationally has to be Bruce Pearl at Auburn. What about Rick Barnes at Tennessee? Uh, he's done a great job, too. Um, we kind of knew Barnes was a good coach. It seemed like a pretty good fit there. Um, and I think there was a bigger expectation for Tennessee this year. At least it looked like an NCAA tournament team coming into the year. Uh, but he's done a heck of a job, too. What do you think about uh, overall, we're talking to Lance Taylor at the Lance Taylor on Twitter. 
What do you think about the college basketball universe in general? I mean, I know a lot of people who are out there listening to us right now do what I do, which is start really to pay attention to college basketball as soon as the NFL season ends. You know, as soon as the Super Bowl ends, you're like, okay, we got a six-week sprint here with college basketball. It seems to me, and I, I'm obsessed with this website. I keep giving it out to you guys. If you go to bracketmatrix.com, you can see a collection of all the top you know, people who are doing bracket projections. Right now, your number one overall seeds, Virginia, Villanova, Xavier, Kansas. Your twos, Duke, Purdue, North Carolina, Michigan State. Your threes, Auburn, Cincinnati, Tennessee, Wichita State. Are you with me that anything could happen here? Like, I don't feel comfortable in any of these teams, even if I'm a hardcore, certainly, if I'm a hardcore Virginia fan. There ain't a Virginia Cavaliers fan on the planet who is like, yeah, I feel really good about our team being the number one overall team in college basketball. Maybe Villanova fans feel good because Jay Wright's been there already. Xavier fans, no way. They're terrified about being a number one seed. Kansas, what do you think about Bill Self in the tournament? Duke, uh, I mean, obviously Coach K is maybe the greatest college basketball coach of our of our generation, maybe of our lifetime. Um, but uh, but I don't know still whether I 100% believe in this team. Purdue, no way with Matt Painter. UNC, okay, Roy's been good. I mean, Izzo, I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is I have zero idea who the best team is this year. Well, I don't think anybody knows. I mean, look, the season's been defined by inconsistencies, and maybe your most consistent team was Virginia. You know, you take away that one-point loss to Virginia Tech, which is still head-scratching, and Blacksburg's a really difficult place to play. I think Buzz, Buzz Williams has done a great job with that program, turning it around. Um, but Virginia's 26-2. and two. So your most consistent team, a suffocating defense. And DeAndre Hunter, I mean, uh, that, that is a true freshman that can carry them. So Virginia's probably the most consistent team, but you're right. I mean, it's not like Tony Bennett's had a ton of success in the NCAA tournament. As deep as he's gone as an Elite Eight, um, I tell you, the team that might be playing the best basketball, and we saw him yesterday knock off Purdue, and it wasn't even close as Michigan at John Beeline. Mo Wagner, I mean, that, that Michigan team, uh, how they protect the basketball. They don't turn it over. They play great defense. I mean, they're so good at both ends of the court. Um, you know, Michigan was, I think, 15th or 16th coming into this weekend before they won four games in four days. Uh, that's a dangerous team right now. But you're right. I mean, it's wide open, and that's what makes this tournament so awesome this year. You know, on the back end, you got a lot of crap teams. You know, I'll be talking about Alabama and Avery Johnson today and a team that's lost five consecutive games, but they still might be in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that's the crazy thing about the bubble this year. If you go to the bottom, and again, this is bracketmatrix.com, where they collate all the projections of all the people out there trying to do the bracket. Uh, the final four teams, I believe, that they have in right now, uh, and, and it's like this is how a sign of how weak it is, the at-large teams that they have in right now. Well, here's the very bottom of the list. USC is barely in. Uh, Texas, Providence, Alabama, UCLA, and Baylor are like their final five teams that they have rolling into the tournament. And if you're out there and you're wondering, okay, what about my team? The first four out, Louisville, who, by the way, were you watching that choke job against Oh, my gosh. I've never seen anything like that. That, that, That's that's an impossible game to lose. Oh, just brutal. But but Louisville still gets gets the cover plus four and a half, Clay. That that game was a pick and you lost that game. Wow. You'd be questioning your life indeed. Uh, Marquette, Syrac- Syracuse, and Oklahoma State. Then Utah, Nebraska, Washington, Boise State. How bad is it? LSU is still in the mix. Uh, it's like you really just can't find your way out. You just mentioned Alabama. All right, uh, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant wins an Oscar for this, you know, mini, uh, I love basketball or whatever, mini animated short, I think it was, or whatever the heck it was that he that he won for. 
Are you as stunned as I am that in the Me Too era, when everybody is obsessed with the mistreatment of women by men, that they would give an Oscar to Kobe Bryant, who, whether you believe he should have ever been charged with a rape or, or not, this is a guy who was charged with rape and paid a girl millions of dollars and basically apologized for raping her in his official statement. And they're all about Harvey Weinstein can't be acceptable. It's Me Too. Uh, you know, all this stuff that they're doing this year as part of the Oscars, and then Kobe wins one. I think it shows you how insulated in the tiny bubble that Hollywood is, that community. All it would have taken was once Deer Basketball was nominated for that Academy Award, was one producer, one actor, anyone to bring up the fact of what happened uh, in Colorado, what, 15 years ago? And that thing would have gotten blacklisted quickly. I just don't think anybody knew about it in that community. You could be right. You could be that people have just totally forgotten about it, but I can't believe that in L.A., when they have Kobe Bryant getting not one but two jerseys retired and also that he wins an Oscar in the same year as Me Too is pretty unbelievable. All right, last question for you, LT. You know, I'll tell you, though, that's probably one of the greatest redemption stories we've ever seen is Kobe Bryant. I mean, Ray Lewis is right there. I mean, people tend to forget these transgressions or at least the allegations because uh, – do you, you know, think it seems it, to totally it, be off of Kobe Bryant? It's a great question because you got a statue to Ray Lewis, and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and everybody's like, oh, he's the greatest Raven of all time, and he might have killed two people, right? People forget yeah, right. that he actually went on trial for double murder until he flipped sides and testified against his co-defendants. That's Ray Lewis. And that Kobe Bryant never missed a game, but that he was set until he bought off his accuser too. I mean, it wasn't just that he got accused. Again, people say, well, that was just accused. No, no. He got charged with the crime in Colorado. There's a big difference between somebody saying something and the police actually following through and saying, you know what, we believe the evidence supports the fact that he raped her. Uh, he got charged with a crime in Colorado. And maybe it would be different if it happened today. I just find it unbelievable that they would have ever been able to come back in a modern social media era. If that Ray Lewis double murder charge had played out, is there any way, like we talk now about how, oh, it's unacceptable for a guy to uh, to be able to play if he's been accused of domestic violence. How long does Ray Lewis get suspended if he's charged with double murder? Like, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I, in all seriousness, like what, is, what does Roger Goodell do about that? Yeah, I, I can't even imagine. Uh, he probably never sees the field again, and uh, he doesn't go down as one of the greatest linebackers we've ever seen. I mean, Rich Rodriguez just got extorted for $7.5 million, and he lost his job basically for having an extramarital affair with somebody that wasn't even that woman. Yeah, and then the other one is, how many games does Kobe miss if he gets charged with rape? Like The guy didn't miss a game uh, during his entire uh, criminal justice issues there. Yeah. Does he have to sit uh, yeah, out the whole forget. season? I mean, the, La the Lakers were flying him on a private plane, on the Laker private jet, back and forth to Eagle County, Colorado before, uh, on game days. It's an unbelievable story. Uh, all right, last question for you. If you look at the uh, the standings right now, everybody was gaga over the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers and how amazing they looked in their first two games after the trade in the wake of the NBA trade deadline. They have been, since that time, almost thoroughly mediocre, just like they were before the trade deadline. They are nine games back from the Toronto Raptors right now, and they are overall in the three spot, but they're closer to the seven or the eight by far, than they are to the two. What's going to happen with the Cavs? God, I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out, Clay, because 
the guy is in the NBA Finals every single year. So you bet against him. And I, look, and I do think uh, that Cleveland did get younger. They got more athletic with the trade. Uh, but I don't believe in them. But I don't believe in the Celtics or the Raptors right now. So there's really not a team in the East. You know, if I project this thing moving forward in the next four or five years, you know, maybe give me the Sixers or the Bucks. Um, but I just don't know. Um, again, if there was another team up there, if Hayward was still playing, if he never would have gotten hurt, then maybe you have confidence with him and Kyrie in Boston. Um, Toronto, just something about that jersey doesn't say, hey, this team's going to be in the NBA Finals. It's just hard to envision that. Um, so I think it's going to be a fascinating Eastern Conference playoffs. I really do. 20 games left. We'll see what ends up happening. LT, thanks for waking up early with us. Congrats on the rest of your life. I can't wait, Clay. It's going to be so much fun. I'll talk soon, man. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We bring in Alex Marvez at Alex Marvez. Joins us every week. He's joining us today on Monday. Alex, am I insane for saying that the Browns should take Saquon Barkley number one overall? Um, not insane, but it's not going to happen. I mean, you have a chance to get the quarterback at one, and you need to get the quarterback at one when you have the bird in hand. If you, if unless you absolutely love all three quarterbacks and they're all absolutely equal to you, and you would have no disappointment if two of them go off the board first, and then you end up with the third quarterback at number four. That's why I just don't think they can get Saquon Barkley. I don't think they're going to get Saquon Barkley. I think you have to have the quarterback. They'll structure their team around it accordingly, and we'll see if Saquon goes to the Giants. Look, the Browns have the equity to move up and have their cake and eat it, too, depending upon how the Giants feel about Barkley. If they love a quarterback at two but can move back to four, still get that quarterback and feel good about it and pick up an extra two from the Browns, that's not too shabby. Cleveland has equity to move up. They can get both. I just don't think Barkley's going first. All right. My argument for Barkley, one, is that the Giants and the Colts would then probably have to trade their picks or they would have to take the guys they like at two and three. And since you have the four pick with the Browns, you still get one of the top quarterbacks, and especially that could be the case if you don't necessarily – I mean, I don't even know. Who do you think is going to go number one overall? Who do you think the most consensus number one likely pick is? I think Josh Allen is going to end up getting it. and I think Really? I'm not saying it's wise. I mean, you're just asking me who I think. Yeah. And I think that Josh Allen is the type of guy that is going to – I don't want to say fool a team, but they're going to roll the dice because the you know the kid can just throw. He can throw hard. He can throw fast. He can throw long. He's big. You're in Cleveland. You've got weather conditions. You're hopefully playing December, January football, and the games mean something. You play outdoors in that division. I mean, that's something to consider right there as well. And, you know, I, I just think that this is the, the, the guy. Todd Haley's there. He's got that Ben Roethlisberger-type body. You know, I just think that this is someone that they would likely take at number one. Of course, I could be wrong. Maybe the kid did terrible answers. Maybe it's all subterfuge. They're not in the quarterback Steve sweepstakes in Cleveland. Let's just put it like that. They're not going to be signing a veteran to a huge amount of money and say, you're our guy. In other words, Kirk Cousins. That's not happening in Cleveland. So I think they're looking for that franchise guy. They know it's going to take a couple of them, probably a year or two to really get going. And that's why I think that ultimately it's going to be Josh Allen. Okay, so if Josh Allen goes number one overall, Okay, I think we're fair to say that the Giants and the Colts are not going to take quarterbacks. Like you said, the Giants would then likely take Saquon Barkley. The Colts might try to trade out. I don't know what they would do. The Browns then might trade out. Who knows what they would do? Uh, Maybe they take Mika Fitzpatrick. Who knows exactly what the Browns would do there? But then I think it's fair to say the Broncos, the Jets, uh, certainly in the mix there. How do you think the Broncos and the Jets would look at this? Who would be the second and the third quarterbacks to go? 
Well, I mean, you know, it, look, Darnold didn't throw, and I don't. I mean, it, look, does it really matter in the grand scheme of things? Probably not. Uh, you know, you'd love to be able to just see in succession these guys throwing at the combine, right? When they're all on the field at the same time, you can look at a Josh Allen, you could look at a, at a Josh Rosen, and you could look at Sam Darnold and say, okay, here's what I like about the way that they throw. When you watch them sequentially like that, live and in person, rather than, let's say, upon tape. But, we, you know, look, it, it's 6-1, almost half dozen the other. And by the way, the Jets, they're full go on Kirk Cousins. They're hoping not to have to use the number six overall pick on a quarterback. And that's where things get a little bit interesting here. Do the Miami Dolphins sitting there at number 11 say, you know what, We're, Ryan Tannehill, are we really married to this guy? Can we maybe jump up five spots in the draft and get another quarterback? Could they fall in love with Baker Mayfield and still be set sitting where they are? Is there a scenario where the Buffalo Bills might be looking even better when it comes to a quarterback, having those two number one picks and being able to move up in this draft? Maybe they give up a one in 2019, but could they make that jump? It's not that far. Ten picks is a lot different than it was last year when you know when you saw Kansas City jump up from 27 to 10 and you saw Houston jump up the way they did with, um, with Cleveland. So that's why I just I think that this gets interesting because there may be that quarterback who we're looking at as a top three quarterback who ends up sliding down a little bit in this draft or spurs a trade scenario. When I look at Lamar Jackson, I see very many of the same questions that have been asked about Tim Tebow when Tim Tebow was coming out. Some guys wanted him to play tight end. Some guys wanted him to play H-back. There was a belief about Tebow, and maybe I'm just used to it, but from literally from the moment Tim Tebow started playing as a freshman at Florida – all the way through his senior year, and I watched every major game that Tim Tebow played at Florida and almost every game in general, there was the question, okay, he's great at college, but is he going to translate to the NFL, right? It was the number one topic. And there were a lot of guys throughout Tebow's career who said, you need to play another position. Why won't you play tight end? Why won't you play H-back? Why won't you play some of these other multiple positions? The same thing is being said about Lamar Jackson. Both of these guys won Heisman trophies, I think the treatment is the same, and the treatment is the same because for this reason. When you are a mobile quarterback who has made plays with his legs at a high level in college but has not been as consistently accurate as you would like, especially if you played in a high-powered offense. At that point in time, Tebow was playing, you remember, in Dan Mullen's offense, and it was phenomenal. And then also in Urban Meyer's offense, which was a couple of steps ahead of everybody else. I think it's fair to say Bobby Petrino is a fantastic offensive coordinator that he puts uh, Lamar Jackson in situations to be successful. All of those things being said, Lamar Jackson being asked to potentially run routes at quarterback, uh, sorry, wide receiver, has turned into this huge racial thing. Do you think it's about that, or do you think it's just about people aren't sold on Lamar Jackson, just like they weren't sold on Tebow, and so there are some teams that don't believe their quarterbacks? Entirely the latter. Entirely yeah. the latter. You know, and you want to know, okay, what if this kid doesn't pan out a quarterback? Would he be willing to play another position? I, I mean, that's look, because I don't think you're drafting him in the first round as a wide receiver, right? You know what I mean? Correct. You're drafting Zero him with the hope that he can play quarterback for your team. But is he going to be Terrell Pryor? Is he going to be obstinate of, hey, if things aren't working out at quarterback, or maybe we see you in the pros and, and we just think you're better there, would you consider this option? Would you work out there? And I understand where, where Lamar Jackson's coming from. He doesn't want to go to a team like that. Okay, well, if that's your prerogative then, if you don't want to work out a wide receiver, just like it's a team's prerogative not to draft you if they don't think that you're necessarily a sure thing at quarterback and will put a lower grade on you because maybe they'd be willing to take a chance on you in round two. But again, with the, with the understanding that 
that you may get a look at wide receiver. And it's just a look. That's the whole thing about it. Nobody's saying that he has to commit to the rest of his life to playing this position, right? If someone just teams want to get a scouting assessment of Lamar Jackson, and if he does, again, if he doesn't want to do it, it's fine, but all he's doing is hurting himself. It's not hurting anyone else but Lamar Jackson because it's limiting your, you know, the, your draftability by some franchises. I see quarterbacks get ripped in every possible way every year. This year, it seems like everybody decides Lamar Jackson being asked to do anything other than play quarterback is racist. It sounds like you think that's ridiculous, but I can't remember. Again, I remember this for you're a Florida guy, so you certainly remember this about Tebow. He's being treated the exact same way that Tim Tebow was, and both of these guys were transcendent, dominant players at the college level at the quarterback position. And remember, too, Tim Tebow's refusal to play other positions for early on in his career ended up hurting him. He didn't want to play other positions, and he couldn't play quarterback well in the NFL for a variety of reasons. He couldn't read defenses quickly. He had a he had a you know throwing motion that you know reminded me of a, a clock. Every time I would think it's three o'clock in the afternoon when Tim plays because his arm is so far back that it looked like he was throwing from three o'clock. I love me some Tim Tebow. You know I love my Florida Gators, but the point is that I realize as well he could have extended his NFL career by being a jack of all trades. Julian Edelman he changed positions. People change positions. When they jump from college to the pros, it's not racial. It's business. These teams want to know what these kids are willing to do for them. The only color they care about is green. Money. That's it. That's why I love the NFL. It's got a lot of flaws, but ultimately, it's a show-me league. You get on the field, and you prove me, and it's the ultimate meritocracy. It's why I love sports in general. What about Griffin, Shaquem Griffin, and the performance that he put up? It's one of the best stories of the combine. Guy does 20 reps with one arm. Uh, you know, He's in Central Florida defensive lineman, and then runs a 4-3-8, I believe it was. One of the yeah. fastest uh, for his size and speed ever. Uh, what's going to happen with him in the draft? Well, you know, there's a lot of things about this. Number one, um, you know, look, that that speed at linebacker, we may have to go back, though, if he doesn't play linebacker in the NFL and recategorize him because he may end up playing safety. There are some teams, and I talked to the, the Los Angeles Chargers, their GM, Tom Telesco, about this. He wouldn't tell me exactly where. He would put Shaquem Griffin, but said he has a very specific plan in mind about how he can be used. This guy has pass rush skills. He had five and a half sacks while he was at UCF last year. He's played at all three levels at the Reese's Senior Bowl. People wanted to see him as a stand-up rusher because he's so fast. He played outside linebacker. He played some safety. And on top of that, he told me he could play Mike, that he could go from sideline to sideline. He has that type of speed. And, of course, doing what he did at the Combine and then you know putting on the prosthetic and then doing those bench presses, the kid was hoping for 11. He was hoping for 11, and he hit 20, and it was just unbelievable to just watch how special it is. And see, part of that with him is that he's going to come in, and he's going to inspire a team, and he's going to inspire a fan base. And his legacy is going to be known not just for football, but for inspiring people off the field. You love having someone like this on your team. Oh, by the way, special teams as well. The big thing, no clay, is this. We can get as sentimental as we want. Reality is he has to be able to make tackles in the NFL. That's the concern. You know, he can't wrap. He doesn't have an arm. So can he just hit guys and they fall down? Is he going to be able to wrap with his right hand. The one positive thing about this is that he's had this ever since he was four years old. He has learned to compensate for the lack of a left hand as opposed to a Jason Pierre-Paul who had to learn in his 20s, how do I play without you know being able to grip with my hand? Unlike that, Shaquem has already learned to compensate for that. That does carry some weight. I think he's probably four to seven, round four to seven, because I'm not sure if he's an every-down starter for your team. Maybe there's a team intrigued in the third, but he will be in the league. He will be drafted. He is an unbelievable story. Great kid. Out, outstanding as always with uh, Alex Marvez. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.
you need parts, O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 